Hello and welcome once again to the Great Escape podcast where we delve into the exploits of expats living abroad. Uh, how's it going, lads? How are we? Yeah, fantastic. How are you doing, Mac? Um, uh, yeah, not bad. Pretty eventful week for me. Some pretty big news, but obviously not as big as what's been going on with your hair. So we should probably delve into that first, I reckon. Ryan's <laughs> not even got his beak in yet. How are you doing, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm better after what happened with your hair, to be honest with you. So- Let's just talk about your hair. Don't talk about me. <laughs> it is. All right, yeah, if you want to get cut straight to brass tacks, it did go ginger. <laughs> <laughs> it went ginger. <clears throat> yeah, like the worst happened. Um, not that, obviously, like, you know, no offence to gingers out there. It's a, it's a good look if you're a natural. Do you know what I mean? If you've got the freckles to to pull off the hair. Um, I haven't. I <laughs> the, first, the first bleaching took it well west. It, it looked like a peach orange um, kind of colour. And then... I tried to bleach it again, By the way, and, and then I tried to bleach it again. At this point, I'd had peroxide on my hair for almost two and a half hours, um, <laughs> and it was seething. It was burning through the skin. Oh, my it, God. Honestly, it felt horrible, uh, but then it wasn't the right shade. It was like a weird, Germanic, um, uh, kind of really ugly blonde. Um <laughs> Just like a really, really weird shade for my head. So then I tried it one more time to get it over the cliff. Uh, <laughs> and it was just, it was horrendous. You, so, you dyed your hair three times? Three, three hours worth of peroxide on my Holy head. Holy moly. Um, so the, scalp was, the scalp was absolutely tanned at that point. Um, and it was it was hurting a lot. It was really, really hurting. So um, basically I did it two days. I went out, saw the lads, got absolutely just torn apart and then came back and yeah. shaved it all off just literally went to the barbers said zero all around and if you can do double zero do that and he did um <laughs> so now i'm bald which is sound so did, are you sure you picked the right bleach mark i did <laughs> so much research on this mate like honestly mark, I don't, don't even don't even begin <laughs> go there right <laughs> you can have me on, on and actually you can say what you like about the hair but you cannot pick on the research <laughs> that I did prior fair to enough, that. Fair enough, fair enough, fair <laughs> It was, it was I, I can vouch, like I, I saw it in that little two-day spell and it was one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> it was absolutely horrific. It he looked, looked like a YouTube pickup artist and that's not a compliment. <laughs> I know, I did, I did. But it, I, I was the one getting negged. <laughs> um... Yeah, no, really bad, really bad. Um, so yeah, terrible, rough week for me um, with the hair <laughs> stuff. What's happening? What's new with you, Mark? Oh, it's been a, it's been a crazy week. It's been a bit, bit of a life changing week, I'd say. I mean, for one, I got got down on one knee and proposed to my girlfriend Sierra. She's now my fiance. That happened. That was a pretty big deal. No. Uh, I feel like there's something else coming though. Yeah. Oh yeah, there's bigger news than that. <laughs> I landed my first acting role, lads. <laughs> I booked. Macky Mac, where are you booked? Oh, see this. This is where the this is where the fun the fun ends. I can't really say much. It's uh, top secret. I've been told by my agent I can't say where it is or what it's doing yet. But it's All right. be on May twenty eighth. I'll be getting my own trailer, so there'll be plenty of selfies being taken and stuff. But yeah, it's my first like 
legit actual Mark, man, that's role. fantastic. So is it is it uh can you say whether it's movie or television? It's gonna be a TV movie, I can say that. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> How, are you gonna go? Are you gonna go like full method, like like Jim Carrey, <laughs> like Man on the Moon? Like, what are you gonna do to that trailer? And have you told <laughs> them about the Twitter stuff? <laughs> <laughs> they <laughs> uh, that didn't influence the decision. That that put them onto me actually. <laughs> That's how they yeah, found man. out about me. I Same thing happened with Peterson. Nothing, but when they caught hold of that that tweet, yeah. he's our guy. Yeah, no, fantastic. He's not gonna sit all, on the fence. All press, good press. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Matt, congratulations so, to me. Yeah, You've worked pretty, bloody hard for that. Pretty big big week. Thanks, lads. Appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, and, and I got engaged. That was, that was a big deal. Can you tell us yeah. privately more details, or is this all you're going to give oh, us? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, oh, right, when, the, when the mags turn off, the story will begin. And I I do apologize, Owen, because you always rag me about using this podcast as a vehicle for self-promotion, which I'm just blatantly doing again. <laughs> 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 but anyway, right, what's been up in your world? What's been going down? Absolutely nothing, lad. Oh, come on. Absolutely nothing. Uh, Owen fixed my bike, which was nice. Banging. Um, yeah, not much. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> hey, I've got into disc golf. Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. Now. Why haven't we been talking about this? Yeah, yeah. Me and Owen are like professional disc golfers now. Yeah, uh, we're smashing it do you yeah. do you go around with a bag with a selection of discs? No, but I'm, I'll be. I so we've. I've got a selection. One of my buddies did throw one of them in the lake, um, which was a bit of a <laughs> the water hazard. Was a hazard. Former but friend. Out of place. Yeah, yeah. Former friend. Won't be coming on the pod anytime. So. <laughs> um, but I'm getting that replaced. So yeah, you get you get three different. Me and I'm getting them to pay for a replacement. Yeah, no, I have done. Yeah, that's exactly what. <laughs> Good. Yeah, These things aren't cheap. You get a pack, you get a driver, a mid-range, and a, a putter. I've lost my putter, but I'm getting that replaced. And Are you serious? Yeah. Is that a thing? So, Honestly, mate, it's the best sport in the world. You need to come down, Mark. It's no way. You also should have seen, sorry, just to interrupt, you should have seen Rai's face when Tone put his uh, putter in the drink. I have, <laughs> oh, it was lit- Tony. Yeah, I've never seen a Yorkshire man so unhappy to lose $15 worth of disc. He was he was $15. really $15. I mean you you've got to the root of the problem there. $15 oh, he's got to spend again. He was very unhappy. Very very unhappy. I lost my head. It affected my back nine, I won't lie. It really did. I cuz I walk around Monday Park sometimes there's a disc golf um range there as well and I was just walking down and I saw people <laughs> basically they spent less time throwing the discs more observing each other's collections. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's all about what, the He had discs. like a two a two tier trolley that was on wheels, and he was pushing around. I was like, no way. The the community's wild to be honest with you. A lot of, a lot of people disc off by themselves. You know, a lot of lone throwers, stuff like that. Well, we're there for the social, cans in hand. Um, but mate, <laughs> what what's great about disc golf? It's just everywhere. Um, there's a there's a course up Grouse Mountain that we're gonna try. That yeah, altitude disc golf. See how that affects it. No way. <laughs> incredibly yeah, accessible spot Mark just come down one time it's the, it's the best sport in the world I mean you might be too big time for us but you're not too big time for disc golf alright <laughs> yeah. mate if there's a role that requires it I'll be going full method I'll be getting all the all the discs yeah, are you going to make are you going to make yourself dead skinny or whatever like Bill does or are you like I mean I'm closer to being fat at this point but I guess if one day I got a Marvel role, I'll be whatever the down. character requires. Um, whatever it requires. Yeah. Congratulations, Mark! That's huge news. Cheers, mate. Thank you, and well done on the disc golf, Ray. I hope Tony pulls his finger out and replaces it quick. That's massive. And in fairness, Owen, 
even though you've got a zero or a zero zero, you still pull it off pretty well. Appreciate so. that. Massive. I just want to give me my condolences as well for Chelsea's FA Cup defeat. Yeah, move rough. on, move on, cut the tip. Okay. All right, and this week we are thrilled to be joined by Owen's good friend, Andy. Andy is a cancer researcher who is based in Hull in the UK. He's also a YouTuber, an expat, and a local celebrity because he was recently featured in the Hull Daily Mail. Yeah. It was one hell of an article, I gave it a read. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Andy, pleasure to have you on board. Welcome. Yeah, but- uh, to be fair, that that, that uh, description seems like there's quite a few strings to my bow there. So I'm oh, there's many strings. Oh yeah, it was it was a LinkedIn profile of a description. To be you were yeah. a catch on the guest list. <laughs> How have you found time for us with all these Daily Mail articles? <laughs> it's a good question, mate. It's a good question. <laughs> there's not many people that haven't found stardom after they've been featured in the Daily. To be fair, so one of the England's longest-running newspapers. So, yeah, Massive. I mean, I was. Um, the other day, I was reading just the 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 front page there, and it was all about a woman who was trying to start a DJ career, but then had to quit because she stole some eyelashes from Claire's accessories. <laughs> There's levels to this game. I yeah. <laughs> well, you know what you've got to do, Andy. You've got to rob a boots or something. Yeah. <laughs> My favourite thing about them is always the uh, the photo shoot afterwards that they've got to do for the thing. It's going to be her with like, some eyelash. I can already picture it, like her outside Claire's pointing yeah. or something like that. <laughs> with a sad face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need headphones on. <laughs> well, I hope this isn't the peak of your mountain, Andy. I hope you're not going to go robbing and then it's like... This would be a pop. pretty low peak. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Rising YouTuber gets cancelled after podcast appearance. <laughs> you do look a bit like Logan Paul, to be fair. Oh, mate, I got that uh, like a couple of weeks ago when I, my hair was quite a lot longer. And um, I got what could be described as a mullet, to be fair, but kind of by accident uh, when I got my hair cut after the lockdown. And uh, I looked very much like uh, the old Jake Paul, and I got asked it so many times in one night at the, at the pub, and it was the night he was fighting um, Ben Askren uh, as well. Like, <laughs> nightmare oh. to look like him yeah, <laughs> on a night like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's some there's some lookalike money to be made there. You know, a little side hustle. You know. Well, that's a sign of end times. If they, it, do you know what I mean? That ultimately the world's going to end if 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 there becomes a, a niche market of people that can make money out of impersonating Jake Paul or Logan Paul. But in a in a nightclub, you know, when they're open again, people are a bit drunk. You know, they don't really know. Yeah. You know, Mark, Mark's already planning the back end of his career. <laughs> <laughs> We're both massive YouTubers as well, so that's yeah. so many kind of parallels. It's unbelievable. There's only so many sponsored pieces of content you can make going, all right? Anyway, uh, yeah, shall we kick off with a few quickfire questions? And for that, I'll pass you over to Owen, the man who knows you most, really. Yeah, I'm coming in unprepped, so... Um, <laughs> Not like I'm you. Just, it's going to be top of the head. Andy, favourite film? Oh, mate, um, I would have to go for... 21 Jump Street, I think. Just oh, that, I love that. Good bag. choice. Good Fantastic. choice. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. You're, a, you're, in a, you're at an Itali- Italian restaurant. What are you ordering? <laughs> what, right? We're finding out about our guest, mate. Love how you set the scene in there. Um, I think it would be just like a really high, high kind of... 
Uh, probably just a, like a margarita pizza, to be fair. If, if it's a really good good sh- like place, um, yeah. just where you know you, you're using the high end buffalo mozzarella et al. Then that'll yeah, be yeah, fair. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, just the original raw ingredients done well. Yeah. What, what's the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you on a date? Uh, what, what is this show again? <laughs> is this therapy? <laughs> Seems a bit like it. I've needed this. Yeah, that, that's what you'll need after you've come on. Yeah. Um, to be fair, I've uh, not actually got that that many by bad date stories. They're all they all go fantastically well. Fantastic. <laughs> 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 uh, why would somebody call you arrogant? <laughs> um, all, right. all right we'll go we'll go even more basic favorite color is white fantastic uh favorite car um what a dream car or just like standard standard uh old school mini cooper my first car vibes that was okay. an absolute fucking beast yeah. of a car to be fair um, can I ask yeah. one? Can I ask yeah, one? Yeah, please. What's your, fav- what's your favourite high street shop? Oh, man. Other than Claire's. <laughs> yeah, well, I do like Claire's. Um, probably be um, Cancer Research UK for them vintage vibes. Nice. I like that. Very in keeping with your, with your job there. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was a British Heart Foundation guy. Half my CD collections from the British Heart Foundation back home. Yeah, there's so many gems to be had in those places. It's unreal. What in Canada is that um, a thing? Like the charity, the humble charity shop, or the charity shops? It's different. There's they're split into two categories: actual charity shops. Um, we've got Salvation Army, etc. Um, and then there's this new thing, which is like something dressed kind of similar to a charity shop, except it's like kind of like cherry picked better stuff that you'd find in a charity shop marketed at a retail price basically yeah, yeah it's but, it's, yeah. it's like old denim jackets for two hundred dollars but it is essentially what those places are was that um it, was that in toronto as well owen or was that a vancouver thing no that's a toronto thing as well i think that that summit that's like risen with you know craft coffee and i don't know but like beer that tastes like piss i don't know like that, those types of things that hipsters are all jumping on it it came on that wave i believe yeah it's hipster giving a bit of thrifting but i do like it half my wardrobe thrift stores to be fair no i get a fair bit through thrift but i do miles better at like your salvi army and stuff than i do at those places where it's like everything's like i don't know high price high fashion yeah that's fair for sure in fact, I got an Ecuador European qualifying jersey. Um, in Toronto, just, right? You got that in the yeah, European yeah. qualifying? <laughs> <laughs> don't want to buy the secret on that one. <laughs> it, what, it, 2012, they qualified for the European? Or 2000, I think it was just a 2008 or 2012, I can't remember. But they, they qualified at one point for Europe, I believe. Ecuador, Ecuador. did qualify for Europe, I mean. Hold yeah. on, let me have a look. <laughs> hold on, just, just press pause. Something, something doesn't add up there. Like. Yeah. Just hold on, hold on. 2012, well, they, they rearranged the geographic no, no, structure no. of the earth. Sorry, uh, I think the Copper Dell 
Ah, uh, the Copa well, del Rey. Is it? Yeah, Copa. maybe it was. Sorry, the World Cup qualifier. Yeah, apologies. That was stupid because they're not, <laughs> not a European country. Uh, yeah, uh, move on anyway. I'll get my facts straight for next episode. But yeah, just picked up an old Ecuador jersey that looks banging. So Canada playing in the Euros this year. <laughs> 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 they might be hosting it. What do you think's going? Will. Cheers, boys. Oh. No worries. Um, <laughs> You could have just let me walk away from it. Do you know what no, I mean? No, we couldn't. I'm do- the good oh, thing is I'm doing the edit this week, so you'll yeah. all, you'll all look silly after this because I'll piece it together. I love this. Whenever we invite someone's friend on, it's always an excuse to rip the person who did the inviting. Percent. <laughs> Rise actually one of the only. Uh, sorry, Andy's actually one of the only strong links from home I- I've had on to this pod. So yeah, this is this even more time. of a pleasure to have you. On. So we'll, we'll we'll dive into it, Andy. You're, you're in a hole now, right? Yeah, yeah, we're just outside. Yeah. Um, were you there when Owen shit himself on a bike? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I wish I was. It's all I know. It sounded weird, that. Like. That's all I know. Was yeah. about <clears throat> what else do you need to know? That Was that in the Daily Mail? That, it didn't make the Daily. I think it made the Village Gazette. Um, <laughs> but only briefly. <laughs> Me and Riz actually knew each other back home from a, a regular weekly five-a-side. Nice. To which he was one of the best goalkeepers you could actually find on a five-a-side field. I will say. Still to this day, I think he, he, he keeps a clean sheet. Wow. Yeah, they call me the cat, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Riz, you, you know, kind of exploring your story and how you became a brief expat and then kind of came back. Uh, kind of introduce us to what you do at the moment and how that relates to you kind of traveling to where you travel to. Yeah, no worries. Um, so obviously after doing my undergrad degree, which was biomedical science, I got quite into cancer as a kind of research interest. Um, and then when I had a little bit of time off kind of re- um, you know, academia and education and stuff, then headed back in to do my PhD um, the, a few months later, I think, and that was up at the up, up at the hospital here, and I absolutely loved it. Did my PhD, and that went really, really well. So, towards the end of the PhD, um, there was an opportunity that came up to do a secondment and move over to Sydney for a, a few months, and basically join a lab there. The uni would kind of it's not i wasn't necessarily paid but they gave me like a cash advance which paid for accommodation and stuff and then now i just topped it up myself for you know superfluous vibes such as drinking and stuff which actually made up a lot of the, basically most of the time spent there but anyway um, yeah so and but it actually coincided at the end of my phd my i had a long-term girlfriend and we we split up so i, I did what all good lads do, which is run away from my problems. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, um, you know, went as far as away as you possibly could in that situation. <laughs> Literally. Um, Literally. Yeah. <laughs> Piss. But um, yeah, so went over there and yeah, it was ab- absolutely class. I don't know if you you lads have been to to Wars or Sydney in particular, but such a class place. Um, and like the lab there was just epic the the facilities were awesome it was at um uts the university of technology sydney and yeah like i I was living in manly for a little bit which is like a little surf town oh yeah manly 
Yeah, Manly Beach, yeah, it's epic. Um, Andy, so can I just can I just stop you one second, sorry, just to draw you back slightly? How did you organise the like the transfer? Do you know how does that work within the medical field? How do you get to Australia yeah, and, and work much. there? I realise I just went completely off the boil. No, 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 no. <laughs> no you summarised it so far very well. Yeah, we're we're hooked. No, um, so essentially, science. So scientific research it's all done through what we call grants so basically you have to beg a charity or someone who's got a lot of money for money to then kind of do your research buy your equipment and and, and stuff um and at the time hull uni was one of a multitude of unis across the whole globe which were doing or involved in a particular grant um called lung i think it was lung card rise and it's basically they were trying to develop a piece of equipment that could um, isolate a particular type of lung cancer cell and then you could then uh, do some genetic sequencing and see how likely this person was to you know have a negative effect or die or whatever you know or have a, an advanced cancer so luckily Hull was in it because we um, Hull Uni have really good facilities for producing these particular little devices but Sydney were in, involved as well because they also are really like kind of world leaders at a particular um, technique called PCR, which is basically genetic amplification. And so basically students were going between these universities and the unis and, and the grant indirectly were paying, paying for that, which I mentioned earlier with the advance. Um, so yeah, that, that was how that came about. It was pure luck, to be fair. It was kind of a speculation thing. But then obviously, when towards the end of the PhD, I hadn't kind of no immediate plans and I had the thing with the, the X and stuff. So I was like, yeah, sweet, let's absolutely let's do it, let's bounce. Um, Since you said there was people that went to and from Oz and Hull, was there people going from Oz to Hull that you met already, or did you have a going poor bastard? Surprisingly enough, like it was more going the other way. <laughs> <laughs> I can just oh, imagine the conversation. Where the fuck are we? Um. <laughs> it's like imagine. I've just got like a thought now of like me and this other prospective student in the airport. Like he's just arrived. And like, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> You're late, mate. Like, you've had a shock. Us, like, High five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear, so, yeah. I think. Um, it, 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 to be fair, a, a few students came from a site in Portugal over to Hull um but i didn't i didn't actually see them or meet them because i work at a satellite site as i mentioned at the hospital you um research facility so and they went to the campus like the main campus so i didn't actually have anything to do with those guys but um yeah it, i think i think like i say a few a few people came to Hull, but the majority were making or you know uh, capitalizing on the free travel elsewhere and yeah so that was <laughs> Um, Andy, have you lived in Hull all your life? Yes, mate, yeah. Um, what yeah. was it like doing that step up to such a, a major global city in Sydney? Like, that is quite a step up. Yeah, absolutely loved it, mate. Um, it's whetted my appetite to, to move away again, to be fair, and, and live elsewhere. Um, you know, I do. I love it around here. It's awesome. And obviously the family and, and all my mates and stuff are, are, are about. Um, and, you know, I'm a big family guy. It's kind of quite close knit. But... Um, yeah, I, I was always a kind of adverse to living in a city as well. Like, I quite like living in, you know, where you can smell all the horse shit and stuff in the air and it's <laughs> really good vibe. But, <laughs> but, we'll be but, talking yeah. about that more later when we talk about things we miss from home. Yeah. <laughs> oh, smells um, of horse shit. Yeah. No. And, um, 
yeah, but like living in Sydney itself, just class, so so good, and um, yeah. To be honest, one of my kind of aims for the next few years is to live. But I'm thinking Manchester, um, just because it's still northern, so the people are still fairly nice. But it's like <laughs> you got that London kind of size, or you know, it's a Londonish northern city, I suppose. Where a lot going on, but you know, I'm not um, against moving abroad again. To be fair, I'd like to move back to to us, or maybe you know, I spoke to Owen before about maybe coming over to Canada and seeing what's popping in terms of like the cancer research at, at the unis over there, and seeing if I can get a little job or you know, re- research post. So, what sort of like uh, route did you have to take visa wise to get to Australia? Was it like your traditional? I mean, it sounds different to the usual like working holiday thing where you have to work a bit holiday for a bit and stuff like that sounds like you got quite a unique specific visa there yeah off the top of my head i can't actually remember which visa it was you know like it um, doesn't rule you out from going back in the future and, and the... no 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 and i think to be fair i think i think i got like a six month visa initially but then i was there was potential for me to stay a bit, you know covid this obviously covid kicked off essentially as soon as i got there they decided to kind of amp up a little bit, which in the worst fun. look in a traveller's yeah. history. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but um, yeah, it, like Nam, the the prof that I I was working with, he he was really keen for me to stay, and he said like, you know, as I'm sure you guys know, as, as long as you've got like an employer that's reputable and will then sponsor you, the the government are pretty happy for you to kind of stick around, and especially you know, I think it's just if you're contributing to. The society and and stuff they seem fairly happy to to keep you about so that's probably a good segue to you know covid hits you arrive in sydney you, you've got yourself <laughs> settled presumably you're you're at like an accommodation um you've got out of hull yeah, you, yeah. You've, you've left hull <laughs> covid when, when do you start hearing rumblings of covid and then when does it turn truly south like give us the kind of rundown of events of kind of like getting to sydney getting settled and then curves yeah, um, yeah. I'm trying to cast my mind by now. Obviously, I think it, it was like December, wasn't it, when China first kind of started having little musings about this little pesky virus kicking about. But, but <laughs> I, I turned up. I think it's nothing serious, fellas. Promise. <laughs> yeah, <don't worry> <laughs> uh, it's all right. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I think it was pretty much instantly when it started to ramp up. But the the hilarious thing is Aussies in the best way possible, are just so loose. Like, they just weren't really bothered. Um, not that I could tell anyway. It was quite... Uh, I think because you're so far away as well, things never really got terrible there in terms of, like, death rates or infection rates or anything, especially from what I saw, because it was so well um, organised, you know, the how they actually dealt with it and lockdown and stuff. But uh, I think... The, the 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 moment I realised I wanted to come back was when they shut the beaches, so there was no no more serving or anything. That was that. Okay. Right, that's I'm it. Like, yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> bouncing like yeah. No more barbecues. Piss off. <laughs> yeah. That's got to be a really weird situation though. Like you come to a country, you've just started exploring, you're checking out the beaches and stuff, and then the government give you an order to stay in. Your, and I'm assuming your accommodation your accommodation was fairly temporary at that point, right? Like yeah. Um. So as I, I went, I, were you there in the summertime it, down in Oz as well? Our winter, uh, back, like the back end, yeah. So I, I got there at the beginning of February, okay. And like the high height of the um, summer is kind of December, Jan, I think. But still, you know, for for me, like a pasty white kid, it was absolutely ideal. It's so nice and warm. Um, just 
shorts and t-shirt every day basically it was awesome um how did you uh how did you make friends if you like locked in like did it get a little lonely or <laughs> no um obviously well actually luckily one of my my friends that i went to uni with was traveling around and he was in sydney at the same time so that was class um my mate sam um but you know the guys that i was working with in the lab um they, they were really nice and kind of spent a bit of time with them and and stuff but yeah and then when I moved into the house share, it finally in like the accommodation I thought I was going to be in for a couple of months or a few months at least, um, the housemates there were awesome, like really really good guys uh, and girls. So yeah, that that was that was really cool, and I spent a lot of time with them. But mostly with with Sam um, and his girlfriend, we were kind of kicking about and exploring and stuff. So yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Was it mainly Aussies then? Because I think one of the things that I found out here is all my friends are not Canadian. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, obviously, Sam's Sam's a Brit and his girlfriend. But in the house, yeah, they were all Aussie. There was a couple of Brazilian girls, um, and then two from uh, New York, and then one one lad was Oz uh, Jack, and his girlfriend was from from England. So yeah, it's mixed back. But I loved that. Like that that's the ideal thing. I mean, in Hull, uh, and you know. I think especially not many Brazilians. North, yeah, north of England, <laughs> you, every, everybody's kind of from similar background. There's not much of a cultural melting pot, but over there, you know, it's just awesome. Everyone's got like a cool story to tell, or you know, something to, to pass on. Really. Everybody's got similar, similar attitudes, really, as well, because they're traveling. You know, everybody's like kind of open to trying new things as well. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So, Andy, you had to cut your trip short, obviously, <laughs> given that, like, you know. It, it was probably you obviously the right yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. To, but you couldn't surf, and obviously, like the beaches were <laughs> shut. So you're off. Um, did anyone stay? Does anyone just think like, fuck it? Like, I definitely don't want to return to Scunthorpe, for example. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna try I'm and gonna, ride this out. I'm gonna ride this panny out where I am. <laughs> uh, not that I'm aware of. No, I mean, I, I was the only uh, secondment student that that was over at that uni at that time on the grant. So I don't think anyone else was in the same boat as me. There will have been other students doing similar things, but not that I was aware of. Um, I, w- you know, I was really, really tempted, to be honest, because th- obviously the uni shut, so I had n- nothing really to do. And if, if it wasn't for the fact that I was pretty broke, like I had no brass, um, I would have I would have stayed and just kind of wrote it out. You know, in hindsight, that would have been a terrible idea because it, it lasted miles longer than anyone actually. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I'm I'm really glad I didn't do that. You'd be but... like Tom Hanks on Castaway right now, <laughs> yeah, just sat honestly, on a beach with a massive beard, yeah. stuck into a ball. How are you doing, Andy? I'll just ride now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, what was it like getting back then? Like after you've seen the wide world of Sydney, seen the Humber Bridge again, did it? Make you feel like you were back home, or was it a bit that, that first sniff of horseshit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the um, yeah, the, the journey back was pretty mad. Like, it, so I the day before I got back, or the night before, we'd been to Blue Mountains National Park, had a really good day, like with with the housemates, and then we went out for a meal, and got I got a phone call from a professor here. He was like, ah, yeah, like pulling the plug get yourself back you know um on on home soil type thing so i was like okay like fair news i was thinking of doing so anyway and then got another call from someone at the uni like oh yeah booked you a flight tomorrow morning 
like early doors as well. So I had to basically. I was like bond that. You just get a call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. Jets waiting. Yeah. Yeah. You have to check Sky Scanner. Just get on the plane. Yeah, yeah, it was class. Like all done for me. Pretty ideal. Um, because I was. I was envisaging it being so stressful, you know, trying to organise all that stuff. And it, in the end, it turned out to be fairly stressful because the, the connecting flight from uh, Dubai, I think, to to England got cancelled like two or three times. So I had to, I was waiting in Dubai for, well, about 20 pints time. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Yeah, <laughs> what a great gauge of time. Yeah. <laughs> ages, absolutely ages. How nightmare. many pints are we into the coronavirus now? <laughs> oh, no. uh, Too to many things, to count. <laughs> um, Abu- abuse levels. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so kind of got back after this horrendously long uh, travel and um, then you had loads of buses home and trains and stuff and it was just so weird because like i remember in london i was on i was on the the train there and it was just so there's no one around you know we went i was we went over the thames i remember looking on south bank <laughs> there was just no one there i was like <laughs> what's going on you know it genuinely felt like something from like an apocalypse because in sydney days later vibes yeah it was crazy in sydney and dubai and stuff yeah okay people were kind of donning masks and whatnot but still fairly normal vibes but i'd i'd not been subjected to the england level of covid at this point where everyone was like genuinely shitting themselves and um so it was yeah really really weird one um to see and then like when i got back it was quite funny cuz Got back to whole train station. My brother came to pick me up, and in his car, like my mum had made him, like yeah, I had to put my suitcase in a in a, in a bag, like a bin bag, and put it in his boot. And then like she'd put like bin bags all over his seats and his car and stuff. So like, <laughs> so, I was like, what what was going on here? Welcome, Welcome home, home, son. Yeah, you virus spreader. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was a weird one. Um, and then got back and you know, obviously when you've been away, especially like distance-wise, so so far as well, you know you expect to get back and like give your your mum a hug and everything, but she was having none of it. Absolutely sacked me off, <laughs> and, like, straight, straight up to my room for for quarantine. <laughs> and uh, this is the other thing because I, I had I had my own um, me and my ex-girlfriend had a, had a house, so I got back and I'd gone from that house to Sydney and kind of moved out that day when I left. England um I got back like a movie to my parents house like and then I went up into like the, the single box bedroom and I was just like isolating in there like ah life's class it's <laughs> 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 so so bad like don't get me wrong I absolutely I do love like my, my family and stuff but it must have been... they don't love you <laughs> yeah but they absolutely hate me so yeah on, on no, the nicer really side of that, vibes. it must have been nice to spend lockdown with your family, having them nearby. And uh, what was it like being in lockdown with your family and just spending more quality time than you had maybe in years? Mental. Um, I mean, so at this point, my my younger brother as well, um, he was still, still at home. So that was awesome. It, it was like I mentioned, a ridiculous amount of beer was drunk. We'd literally go into the, the, the shop every day for a new crate of beer. Like, it was just <laughs> stupid. Because it was, I don't know, it just felt the right thing to do. Um, but, yeah, like... My, my... <laughs> we all deal with lockdown in different ways. Yeah. <laughs> Full self-destruction. But, uh... 
<laughs> but my old man, um, he's like a workaholic, absolute hard worker, and he just couldn't get his head around the fact that no one was working or he couldn't work, like, you know, actually go to work. And so it, it was, it, there were a few stresses and strains and a bit of, you know, aggro and stuff, but nothing that wasn't to be expected when, you know, it's literally illegal to say hello to someone in the street. Like, <laughs> <pretty> not... <laughs> it's sort of a relief that you were with them rather than on your own in Australia, though. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Would have been sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, especially as things started to ramp up and, you know, the bodies really did start to pile up, didn't they? So yeah, I was a bit like, oh, yeah, probably a good shout coming home. Um, if you um, so. if you had like one piece of advice for yourself back then or anyone who's going to do it now, like what would you say to someone who's looking at getting them, especially on like the secondment vibe, because that is something we've never really discussed on the pod. Really good question. I, mean, it, it, I suppose try and pick somewhere potentially where you have got at least some vague semblance of a of a friend maybe something like that because having sam there was was really good for me because you know it was just nice to have a friendly face that that far away and just mm. someone to rely on to to do things with you know especially when i was trying to find accommodation and stuff and i, I was living on my own in like an airbnb in like a room in a house with some people um you can you can feel a little bit isolated and mm. it, the thing is with science as well uh it is quite isolating at times you know if you get i think researchers are intrinsically less likely to kind of socialize in a, in a weird way yeah. Um, uh, that so, makes sense. yeah they just kind of like to get in and crack on and do crazy hours and stuff i think i'm glad that i'm not like that i'm not, I'm not lazy but um i like the fact that you know i still enjoy a social you enjoy a life uh, outside of research yeah, that's what I'm trying to say pretty yeah. terribly. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, yeah I, I'm trying to say, I'm not a nerdy little wanker. I'm, <laughs> <Yeah>. a... <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually up for the crack. Uh, no, no, we get, I get what you mean. Like, it's like anything, right? Like, it, like in tech and stuff like that, it's like, you know, it, it's people that are uh, largely um, kind of into that type of work because they're fairly introverted right and I, I suppose that kind of carries with research and, and science as well so um, perfectly perfectly yeah. put. did you make some good friends out there that you kind of kept in touch with now that you're back yeah so um the aussie lad that i live with jack um he he's awesome proper good lad and he's actually coming over here uh with his girlfriend because she's from Birmingham, and we're gonna we're gonna meet up. He's gonna come up to Hull and stuff, so that that'll be awesome. Be really good. That's a, that's a rough so. trip for him, Birmingham then Hull. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now we're gonna move on to the um, home and away section, Andy, where we compare something specific to you, uh, how it is in a different country to how it is in the UK. Since you're our first person in the medical field, in research and stuff, we thought we'd ask you, how does it differ? um cancer research in the in australia and to the uk what are the attitudes like is it is it different because you've sampled it on both shores um well, i suppose the, the the answer is that it's not at all um <laughs> great probably Next not, not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, science and like research as a whole is is a universal language basically so techniques used here are literally identical to techniques used in australia you know for, and that's the Just way it's with a bit of a dodgy it. accent yeah exactly yeah um, <laughs> it's like football no. in that respect it's just a <laughs> universal language 
Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, it's, <laughs> it's a bit of a cliche, but like, yeah, essentially, to, to make sure things are reproducible and everyone's on the same page, like you know, everyone's always working towards uh, writing articles and then submitting them, and it, that all goes through um, peer review, a peer review process. So basically, it gets sent to scientists all around the world who then re- review it and make sure it's kind of up to scratch. And funny story on that, actually, I um, I submitted a, pa- a paper last week. For, for, for a review and it came back and they said um, it, they, I should send it to a language editing company because the English went up to scratch <laughs> <laughs> brutal oh my god absolutely pissed like, I, I, who's this person in their ivory tower judging your English honestly like incredible <laughs> you could have um, like a breakthrough cancer yeah paper and they just didn't like your apostrophes <laughs> What yeah, I, I just imagine him reading it and it's just like your tech, a pop of blood, and you fucking yeah. pop it in. A <laughs> yeah. couple of shots of this in the arm and they'll be alright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's all this COVID nonsense about then, eh? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that, so, that's funny. Oh my god. Um, Andy, is there, is there anywhere that's like a world leader, like any country or like state or university that you like on your hit list because it's like the place to go for your field of expertise? Yeah, I mean, to, to be fair, um, like England, like London, there's some of the big boys in London, you know, um, Imperial College, they're massive for, for cancer research and uh, microfluidics. So, so the my kind of niche is microfluidic technology. So it's essentially... Um, maintaining little tiny pieces of a tumour within a, uh, one of these chips and then we can interrogate how they respond to drugs that we flow over it. So it's essentially kind of um, recapitulating what happens in the body but in a lab so we can keep the, the tissue alive for long enough to, to test its response essentially. And But it, some of the stuff that you know the guys at like Imperial are doing is nuts with that. In, but more and more now um, the technology has started to become uh commercialized so it would be it would be quite nice to get in in one one of those companies there's a spin-off from uh, harvard spin-off company there which is doing great things um so there's yeah there's plenty of opportunity i i, I would quite like to move up into an industry at some point because the kind of uh potential for progression <laughs> stuff is... you want that wage let's be honest yeah. Andy. Yeah. 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 let's not let's not dilly dally that's that's the vibe yeah, yeah saving yeah. lives is one thing pa- stacking cheddar's another job. yeah, yeah. <laughs> at some point the cheddar takes over yeah 100 yeah. well uh i'm interested to know what got you initially into cancer research andy what what was what about it that you learned at uni got you so um inspired to to pursue it as a career I think it's a bit cliche, but like it is an interesting um, phenomena in, in itself, you know. And it, it's so complex. Like, you know, people literally all the time asking, you know, have we have we cured it yet? Or like, <laughs> we, I know they've cured it, but you're hiding the cure. It's like ah, you don't really understand. Like, <laughs> uh, but so it's an interesting thing. But at the same time, you know. I think everyone's either been affected personally or indirectly by cancer. So I think at that time, it just felt quite a nice like thing to do. Um, like the yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, it was it was a toss up between going down that route or 
you know, trying to go to medical school and, and pursue being like a, I, I wanted to be either a GP or a surgeon at that point. Um, and even to, to be honest, throughout my PhD, there was there were days where I was 100% set on the day I finished my PhD, applying for medical school and then going down that route as well. Because um, that a lot of doctors do PhDs, but it's just the other way around. So I was doing it kind of the, the, the wrong way around, but um, still, you know, the end, end kind of goal was the same. Mm. But uh, yeah, so it, yeah, it's just one of those things that in life where you just fall down a path and you, you kind of go for it. I suppose there's was, there was no real rhyme or reason to it. I just fancied it, and the PhD was available and it was funded. So I was like, yeah, sweet. <laughs> um, nice. Well, I was going to ask one thing with the with the past year. Um, has science kind of been put on hold? And everyone's just been working on the pandemic. Or have you just been able to just carry on doing the same research? Because I've, I've see, I see things now and again being like NHS appointments cancelled because everybody's focusing on COVID. Have you been asked to go off a little bit? It, it's absolutely terrible, mate. Like um, I personally haven't done any COVID stuff. And to be fair, up until the beginning of this year, I was I wasn't actually in work doing research. So I finished my PhD, got back from Oz, and then obviously COVID happened. So mm. The, the plan was for me to get straight into this postdoc that I'm doing now, but it was getting delayed and delayed uh, because the biotech company I'm, I'm working it for, um, basically we're going to kind of pull the plug on the project because of COVID and the 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 overarching theme is that surgery is being cancelled. Uh, unbelievable kind of um, pace. So unfortunately, the, the, the patients are getting past the point where surgery can even kind of offer them a lifeline they're just it's going straight almost into palliation now so it luckily we've seemed to have got round that corner and surgery is picking up and that means that my research can carry on because i'm getting the tissue because i go, i collect it from theater um on you know the same day so you know it, it was terrible all around because you know i'm not saying that my research is more important than these patients you know surgery not any any stretch but you know, it was just that not ideal for anyone. And as a whole, research, not just cancer research, it really struggled. Um, and, you know, facilities were shutting down as well, like fully, full shutdown. So it was just terrible. That makes you wonder about the wider implications of COVID as well, like writ large, like how much it slowed down medical progression throughout the last year and a half. Like not only everything, like, that, you know, there's going to be like economic consequences to it, but like, Maybe, you know, that's probably one of the untold stories is like the consequence in general to like the medical community, like the research side of it, as well as everything, right? Yeah, I think massively, to be honest. Um, like I said earlier, kind of, we're all the, the ball and chain for every researcher is getting new grant proposals and new money. In. And when you, <laughs> the, the position we've been in is the, there's no results being churned out in the labs because they're all shut down and there's no patients and stuff. So that means you've got no kind of uh, standing to then apply for more money. And that, that it's just slowly kind of uh, almost like a domino effect of, of just the whole thing's shutting down and slowing, slowing down progress, basically. Uh, Andy, so when you're not researching cancer at work, you're still spreading your knowledge in the science arena on YouTube through your channel, The Paper Round. I've watched a few episodes loving the work that you're doing, simplifying <laughs> quite complex things for the average layman to know. And I saw the one about COVID. I saw the one about aspartame. 
as well, yeah. which intrigued me because I always had a mate who was like, Aspartame is going to... My dad says it'll kill you if you eat too much chewing gum. And I was like, oh, funny, Aspartame. I'd like to learn a bit more about that. So <laughs> it was a good watch. And I just want to ask uh, what got you into YouTube and how's that going for you? Is it a lockdown thing that you got into? And, or how long do you want to carry on for? Um, yeah, so essentially I have, I've, I've wanted to do something kind of extracurricular for, for a while, you know, that's like the, the theme now and so you try and kind of do something else with your time so people on Instagram think you're really cool and productive and stuff. That's why we started a um, podcast to be fair. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, we are not spreading any knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, so and I, my friend Gordon always used to say to me, you know, for, for something like that, if you want to be successful, you've got to find your edge. And what he meant by that is like, you know, something that you've kind of maybe know more than the average person on and that can help you help, you know, produce a good product or service or whatever. And, you know, in this, in this case, it kind of struck me. I was like, I'm fairly decent at science. I, I know how to edit a video. Um, just cause it's something I enjoy doing. Um, so let's have a crack, you know? Um, so yeah, just, just got into it basically through that. And it, I think the, the main, kind of um, ignition was, you know, my mum just meticulously every day showing me some kind of post on Facebook of some fake news and being like, the honey gives you cancer, like holding the phone to me. And I was like, does it really? And then, you know, so I was like, yeah, something needs to be done about this. And obviously in the era of kind of Donald Trumpism and you know, this kind of thing, it's climate change and real. And, you know, this kind of, it, it's just a terrible situation. <laughs> and, you know, I think if you can try and address that just in a, in a, even in a small sense and you know, try and make it a little bit enjoyable and uh, funny, I guess, then I I think that's an ideal thing. Definitely, I think there's you know we're, we're living in the the era of like the death of expertise, right? So like you know people are a lot more trusting about what they read. You know their their great uncle said on Facebook than they are like the average kind of healthcare provider these days, which is worrying. Do you do you notice like a lot of the people you work? obviously within the medical environment. Is that like a sentiment that's like kind of carried through? Like, do you talk to doctors and stuff who are frustrated about this type of thing? Is that kind of like something you're hearing echoed a lot within the medical community at the moment, these frustrations? Yeah, I think so, yeah. And I, I, obviously I'm not, I don't see um, patients, you know, in the primary setting, but a lot of my friends are kind of um, surgeons and, and doctors and stuff. And they just get so frustrated with the patient coming in and being like almost, They've already self-diagnosed what their issue is. Like, I've got liver cancer. What are you going to do about it? It's like, whoa, 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 hang on. Let's take a few steps back. Like, you've got a cough. What, how, how is this? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah, I think that's a little bit frustrating. Um, so, yeah. But equally, you know, it can it can be detrimental because people then don't get if they think so 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 cocksure that they've got a then it could be b and b could the treatment for which could be massively different to to a and you know it's just a bit of a shocker all around so i think yeah it, actually listening to you know a, a healthcare professional is the the gun <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and should, should remain so is there something more that like the the medical community can do like obviously you you're doing your videos but like you know, access to these papers and stuff like that aren't the easiest to digest for, for the common folk, and they're not easy to even access uh, either. Like, how can we try and debunk this on a whole level? 
Yeah, Andy, if you could just quickly succinctly answer the question, how do you stop uh, false false information occurring online in general? (laughs) I mean, he's doing great work as it is with his YouTube channel. We've got a 45-minute limit here, haven't we? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, one of us should really go premium. (laughs) Brian! No, um, honestly, I I do not know the answer to that question. It's so difficult. Um, I think... The, the rise of you know social media and the and facebook and stuff it's just it's just unbelievably rife like how how easily this stuff can 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 spread um like fake news and have yeah, you I, looked into I, alpha brain yet by the way <laughs> <laughs> no i've not actually mate no i like it that's joe rogan's uh that's joe rogan's fast acting um thingy that can that makes you able to recite facts as long as it's specific to bow hunting um, an elk elk meat yeah, yeah, yeah. no um i'm not uh i i'm intrigued by neural link though obviously he's been had elon musk on a few times and he's speaking about that you know have you, have you lads heard of that no that was- like making your your brain like a a computer kind of thing like linking uh your thoughts it's essentially like a, yeah a mainframe. it's an interface internet interface that's kind of embedded in your skull essentially but, but i think initially the plan is to 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 reverse like certain neurological disorders um but going forwards you know what elon musk like he wants to give everyone kind of in instant access to information at all times which actually that could be ideal but could also be interesting. <laughs> yeah actually that goes to your way like, yes yeah, so. <laughs> Like instant access to like a monkey riding a pig or something, which <laughs> like, probably yeah will get more hammered. But anyway, Elon Musk's uh, an interesting character because he goes from kind of like he's he's obviously an absolute genius, but then like you see him on SNL <laughs> pumping up the price of a, a coin with a dog's face on it, and you just wonder <laughs> should we all move to the countryside? <laughs> you know, is it safe in cities anymore? Played a good did a good monologue though, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah what a guy. It's funny how many uh, like areas of the world science covers and how many myths you can debunk. Because I'm just looking at a few of the titles of your videos here. You work COVID, aspartame, uh, tanning beds, winter sadness. It, there's so many things that everybody relates to that have a significant impact through science. So it's quite interesting. Is there ones that you've got coming up that you? How long trying have you been to... doing it, Andy? Uh, probably. Two months now, I think. Yeah, That's not um, I mean, I was I'm aiming to do one a week, um, and I should say actually that my friend Danny, who I'm doing a PhD with, he he helps out with the, with the video stuff. So with that, in terms of like idea generation and coming up with episodes, and he helps out with the, with filming and stuff. And we we have such a class laugh; it's brilliant. Um, and yeah, big shout out to Danny actually. Um, he, he's he's not a massive fan of being in front of the camera, but at some point. We are gonna get him in front of the camera, I think. So that'll be that'll be good. And I, I think it would be quite nice to to have more than one presenter at some point. I, I, I really enjoy it, but it'd be quite cool to to be able to mix it up a little bit. Um, so yeah, no, they're brilliant videos. I think everybody should check them out. Um, Paper I'll, round I'll, on YouTube if you want to learn more about everyday things through science. And uh, you do a fantastic job, mate. 
You're very good. No, on I that. really appreciate that. Uh, very, very good. How are you? Um, how are you finding the topics? Is it just whatever your mum says and you just debunking it there? Or... <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, my my mum is she's actually com- like ideal for coming up with topic uh, ideas. <laughs> like, no, she she really does come up with good ones. Um, so I, I think the next one is is going to be on contraception. So that would that would be a good one. Like just quite because I think. There's there's a lot of science behind it and the the actual mechanisms for how like the pill works and stuff it's interesting stuff and also there is a lot of safety stuff involved and it I think it's it'd be quite nice to be able to give people a bit more information on the what's and wherefores of of contraception and what's available and stuff. I only really like that thing about the blood clots recently with the thing about the AstraZeneca and then the pill is actually worse. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. I, I, I've stopped taking it. This is a great. <laughs> that's, that's a great example. Um, and yeah, it's like <laughs> Mark's lost it there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily going to be kind of debunking a myth every week. I think that will definitely come into it, and, and inevitably there will be myths involved with most topics. But um, I think just just go chatting about interesting topics is 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 yeah should should be should be fairly cool. And there's there's so many, you know, that's the the, the great thing about it. There's just tons to speak about. Speaking of uh, debunking myths and helping people with their problems, um, have we had any mail in our inbox, right? Can we help anybody else with an issue back home? Maybe Andy's got some scientific insight for someone. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't scientific, but we had uh, a Robert from Morecambe uh, wrote in. Uh, he was just asking, um, basically, what have we like missed the most uh, in this past year? Uh, what are we looking forward to getting back into once restrictions uh, ease up and stuff like that? You can go first, Andy. What have you missed the most? Oh, good question. Has it missed beer? Because that's been there a long yeah. time. That, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's been a st- stable thing in my life. <laughs> um, no, it's, 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 to be fair, I think when the gyms reopened, that that was kind of something I was really looking forward to doing, getting kind of back into into a healthy vibe because... I just became an absolute slob, so that was ideal. Um, I think, to be to be honest, especially as a single man now, with the, with the clubs opening and stuff, like that would be awesome. Like you know, to, oh, that to, first uh, night out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's going to be so good. I've got um, tickets for a, a gig in in London next week. Actually, that's kind of a COVID safe kind of gig. So I'm re- yeah, really looking forward to that. Who's playing? Who are you watching? Uh, Bondax. Oh, oh nice. nice! Very cool. Yeah, so that'll be awesome. Really looking forward to that. Um, yeah, I think just generally, you know, it, it's just going to be really nice to not have to get a notepad out and like count six names for when you're trying to just uh, organize something with your mates. Like you, you mm. just say, right, who's who's up for doing this? We're we'll yeah. going to do it. Like, not having to prioritize who's in the inner I, circle and who's not. Yeah, I'm so so bad at planning stuff. It's just ridiculous. So. I, I like to do things off the cuff, and you know, it, on the day I'll make, I'll usually invite someone to do something, and it, the COVID is not ideal for that. That must be a whole thing, uh, that because I know someone who's very bad at planning as well. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, uh, uh, yeah, fair. what are you missing, right? Uh, gigs for me, mate. My, I'm missing live music big time. That's like that's my, one of my big releases. That if I've had a bad day at work, a good gig, something like that. And the scene out here in Vancouver is it's a lot better than Middlesbrough anyway. So I got into a really good habit of seeing a lot of different bands and you know buying tickets on the day, that type of thing, and seeing cool different venues. And yeah, I'm missing it. It's been over a year now. So the sort of strokes just before lockdown. I'm glad. To, I'm glad I got that winning actually. 
What about you, Owen? What are you most looking forward um, to? I'm missing football on a Wednesday night. I think yeah. I'm looking forward to yeah, that. Yeah, but we, we do on. disc golf on a Wednesday now, mate. So. <laughs> and uh, disc golf has taken over. And Rocket League just, was good for a while. It was good. Uh, it That was a fad, though. Very much a fad. <laughs> Um, Sad to hear that. Disc golf's taken over. Disc golf's not a fad, though. Oh, I just want to yeah. say it on the record. No, that's Once you've invested in discs, you want to make it more than a fad. Well, I live to disc. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I think, no, I, I, in general, I kind of echo a little bit of what Andy's saying there. I, I'm a classic over-inviter. So like, <laughs> whenever there's an event on, I'm sending texts out to everyone I know is in the vicinity of that event to get them down. And I've been shouted at by my girlfriend throughout COVID for kind of, you know, packing too many people into a you know a six-man plan um so yeah I've, I've probably been a bit of a bubble popper at times um, <laughs> and and that that can that can, you know this this can see the end of that uh, I just because it's like I, I hate like i don't know yeah that the, the restriction of like numbers and stuff that's been something that's just been a bit of a, a challenge for me personally because i'm i'm an over-inviter but um yeah that's about it what about you mac um movie theaters I can't wait to get back in cinemas and actually watch stuff in a dark room with strangers, even as weird as that sounds. Here yeah. we go. Acting plug coming in. <laughs> One, <laughs> two, three. No, no, no. I, I, yeah. The other day... Because the most important thing in modern society is the actor, yeah. right? I really, really <laughs> want just to just missing red carpets. <laughs> film festivals. I, I miss, I miss yeah. film festivals. I miss dressing yeah. up. No, no, no. I, I booked. I wanted to go see Guy Ritchie's new movie at uh, the drive-in the other day, but because they had limited to ca- limited capacity and stuff, you have to book like three, four days in advance. And I missed my shots, and I'll never get to see that movie until it comes out in theater. So, not having to think about it five days in advance would be nice. Just being able to yeah. go. Mac, real quick, have you done a drive-through theater? That really appeals to me. I've never done yeah. one. I mean, I don't I drive, so that, you know that, that takes away a fair bit of. <laughs> Structure, but I would fucking love to like be in a car in a driving movie. Yeah, theater. there's one in Langley. Um, yeah, you can go there, and they have you have to space out your cars and stuff. But they've been going throughout the pandemic. You can go and see. I mean, they've been playing a lot of old stuff through the pandemic, but uh, recently they've started putting on more new stuff. So they've got Guy Ritchie's movie. They've got the new Saw movie coming out. So yeah, book your tickets in advance. I'd say. <laughs> but yeah, just on that, Mike. So are they worried that cars are passing COVID? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a video for you, Andy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The modern Clio is a spreader. No uh... Mustang has got COVID set. <laughs> Exhaust fumes do lead to it. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I think it's something to do with the provincial rules. You only allow so many cars. It's dumb. They're really like not helping small businesses. But uh, yeah. I look forward to when the drive-in is back to full capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was, that was, uh, that was Robert in Markham. We've answered that for Robert. Cheers, Rob. Thanks for... And anybody else that wants to um, send us a, an email uh, with uh, questions and, and stuff, Great Escape Pod. Great Escape Podcast Outlook.com um, or hit us up on any of our social medias. Um, meet, uh, we've got Instagram, Facebook, I think Twitter. Um, no, that, that went, mate, after, after Mark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not since the cancellation. And then, uh, yeah, all the others. So, sorry, I've kind of taken your housekeeping bit. I love that. But, I love that segue, yeah. Owen. That was yeah. seamless. Yeah. What, about no. you tell, what about yourself, Andy? How can we find your stuff? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so on, on YouTube, it's Paper Round. Uh, on on Instagram, it is Paper Round underscore underscore, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, some mixed bastard up. took the original. Yeah, eh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really that did annoy me highly, to be honest, because uh, you know who, who's, who's calling this off paper round? If, if it's more not... information can be found at paperround.org as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, edu. <laughs> no, it's uh, great. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Andy. You've been smashing. I've been lovely meeting you. Fantastic. Yeah, no, it was Thanks great to so meet much. you, lads, and I really appreciate it. It's been class. Yeah, yeah. Love- and Andy, and we'll have to have you back on at some point. Um, and we'll 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 now be using you as our medical advisor if we have Are we okay uh, to do scientific that? Yeah. questions that pop Absolutely, up. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in. I'm all nice. for it. We could we could put it behind that Patreon that we uh, haven't set up yet. <laughs> I'm thinking the, the first pitch, thing the that Patreon should go towards is a subscription to Zoom. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Please, hey, if we could rate. Yeah. How much is Zoom Primo? Don't know. That should be the first tier of payment. <laughs> <laughs> it's madness. Pay for a year on Zoom. Invested, yeah. Sixty book tier. Be <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. fantastic. Cheers, Andy. Andy. Thanks Andy. again, mate. No problem, boys. Thank you. Uh, hopefully, you know, I might meet in person at some point if I come over. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, well, I am going to come over at some point for sure. Um, so. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I see what UBC is like for uh, cancer research. I'll, yeah. I'll have a word. Yeah, mate, do, do it. That'd be class. Talks are, talks are already underway, right? So we'll, um, yeah, hopefully we'll see Andy over here on a on a more permanent basis, maybe one day. <laughs> oh, that's a tease. Why not? Yeah, yeah. All about teasers love, this week. Love ending podcasts on cliffhangers. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mark shoved a tease in at the beginning, so I wanted to tease him again at the end. There we go. Just yeah, blue ball in our audience. Um <laughs> Have a wonderful rest of your uh, your evening, Andy. Uh, I know it's late there in the UK, so sweet dreams. And, and thanks again for coming on the pod. No problem, boys. Thanks, Andy. Thank you very much. Cheers, boys. See you again, mate. In a bit. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Follow us on social media. I've got nothing, lads. They don't want to brew.